Hey everyone, thanks for checking into LJN Radio and the show that takes an inside look into all types of professions. I want to be a, and we'll finish that sentence with a different job in each episode, bringing in professionals from a variety of fields and industries who give you all the information you need to land these jobs and hopefully thrive in them. I'm your host, Tim Muma, and today I want to be a school counselor. Now, this is a role that can be extremely important to a child in terms of their well-being and academic success, and even so in some cases where there might be an issue to address. To talk about this profession and everything it entails, we didn't just grab any school counselor. Joining us from Arizona is the 2013 School Counselor of the Year, Mindy Willard. Thanks a lot for coming on today, Mindy. Thanks for having me. First and foremost, uh, as people sort of have an idea of uh, where you're coming from, just tell us a little bit about yourself, maybe a little bit of a summary of your career thus far. Sure. Um, I'm actually from Indiana, where I grew up and I went to college at Ball State University. Alma matter to David Letterman. And then I moved here to Arizona in 2004 as I finished my master's degree and was offered a job in the Pendergast School District in the west side of Phoenix. And actually, I've been here since. So this is my ninth year as a school counselor in the Pendergast School District. All right, cool. Great. Uh, I guess what, what was it that attracted you to the industry? Was this something, I mean, was this specific position as school counselor something you, you knew you wanted to be? Did something spark your interest? How did that sort of come about for yourself? Well, I knew I was interested in education, and mm-hmm. then I took some psychology classes my freshman year of college, and I liked psychology, and I couldn't decide if I wanted to go for psychology or if I wanted to go for education. Mm-hmm. Um, so in doing a little research, I discovered I could do both <laughs> and do both as being a school counselor. So it was just kind of a perfect, perfect combination of the two things that I really enjoyed. So when we talk about you getting into the field or, you know, even backtracking to, to that education piece of it, I guess, uh, you know, give listeners an idea of maybe what sort of background you have or what it takes to, to get into this area. Because like you said, it is sort of, uh, you know, in the psychological world, but also with the, the education side of it. Sure. Well, in some states, it kind of varies depending on the mm-hmm. state. In the past, uh, some states required that you had a teaching oh, certificate okay. in order to be a school counselor or some years of teaching experience. Now, I know most states are moving away from that, so you would want to check with your the state that you hope to work in just to see for sure, uh, because it does vary. Now, I did not have a teaching certificate or a teaching background. My undergraduate degree is in psychology, so I did four years for my bachelor's, and then I did a two-year master's program in a counseling um, psychology. And then in counseling psychology, there's a couple of different tracks you can go. You can go toward mental health counseling which is where you might work in a community mental health agency, in a hospital, mm-hmm. um, doing lots of different things with that. And then there's also the school track, and that's the, the direction that I chose to go. And so two years for that, for my master's degree, and then I had to look to make sure my certification in Indiana, because I went to college in sure. Indiana, would roll over to Arizona. And it was the same. Okay. Some states are different. So if you want to go to a different state where you went to college and got your certification, you might have to take an extra test or an extra college course or something sure. like that. Sure. And I think that's, you know, good advice, just the idea, anything you're getting certified or some sort of license that to make sure, sure it does transfer yeah. over like that. Right. Now, yeah. you mentioned the, the master side of things. That That is required no matter which route you take, correct? Yeah. To be a school counselor, you do need a master's degree in school counseling. Okay. So, um, yeah. Now, in terms of choices of schools, and I mean, sometimes I can get a little... I don't know, on the opinion side of things, but I mean, have you come across where there's a better choice or a better path or maybe something that's seen as well-respected? And just for example, when I was going into teaching um, here locally in Wisconsin, Cardinal Stritch was seen as a, a great place where teachers come from. Is there something like that that you've seen for school counselors? Well, I guess it just, not really, okay. I, I suppose. There's um, As long as they have a certified program, it's a K-CREP 
certification, and that's the Council for Accreditation of Counseling and Related Educational Programs, in short, KCREP. And you want to make sure that the program is certified in that. Otherwise, you may not be able to get your license. When I was looking at graduate schools um, in Indiana, I also actually looked in Wisconsin and I was accepted to University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee, mm-hmm. but they were not KCREP certified. Okay. So I chose not to go there. And so I, I, can, I stayed at Ball State University where I got my undergraduate for my master's. So you just want to make sure you want to look into the program as well and see that they offer what you want. Sometimes they may not offer a school track. So know that in advance. And I, you know, as long as I think if they have a strong education program, they would probably have a, a fairly strong school counseling program sure. as well. So if, if you're looking to take that education track, is it like teaching where you're, you need to sort of declare if you're going to be on the elementary side versus high school? I mean, does that factor in at all? Uh, is there a difference? Actually, no. School counselors are certified kindergarten to 12th grade. Okay. So when you go through the counseling program and you start taking your school counseling classes, you, the, the professors will usually ask, are you most interested in elementary, middle school, or high school? Sure. And they might group the elementary people together within your class or the high school students within your class. But when you graduate with your degree and your certification, you can work anywhere from kindergarten to high school or um, even college oh, okay. with your license. Sure. How about any uh, extracurricular activities maybe that you participated in or you would advise, you know, some of these job mm-hmm. seekers out there that, that could help and maybe just help personally or even, you know, look good on a resume once you do try to get in the field? Without your teaching, without the teaching background or taking some education classes in college, you do want to make sure you're involved with any sort of extracurricular that works with children or kids, volunteering at a boys and girls club, helping with summer camps, anything to just get you some experience with children and managing children. A large part of what I do is I spend a lot of time in the classrooms with students. Mm -hmm. So that's me and 30 children. (laughs) School counseling programs don't necessarily teach you classroom management like they would in a traditional education program. So we have to kind of figure that out on our own. And so the more experience you have with children, the um, better that will help you in your job interview. I think getting involved with when I was in, you know, in high school, I was in student council. That seemed to help me a lot, just building my leadership skills, Sure, which helped me. Now I'm a leader in our state and I guess our nation now <laughs> for school counseling. But a lot of those core skills that I learned with leadership came from being involved in some clubs in high school, like student council. Great. I don't know if anything has changed. I mean, it hasn't been that long, obviously, since you've gone through this. In terms of uh, internships or field work, I mean, is that all sort of, a, is any of that required? Is that something you just advise? I mean, what, what is sort of the, the route there or, or some of the maybe requirements that are involved? Sure. Most programs do require uh, an internship or a practicum or both. Um, the more time that you can get in shadowing a counselor, the mm-hmm. better. Just to know exactly what you're getting into. This job looks very different from school to school. The needs of my students in my school are different than the needs of students five miles down the road. So my program will look different than the program of a school counselor in another district or even within my own district. What I do at my school is different than what another counselor would do. So getting out and observing counselors, spending time with um, good school counselors, and also making sure it's what you want to do. There's nothing worse than being in a job that you dislike that's not meant for you. So most programs do require a practicum and an internship. It just depends on the the graduate program. So again, that's something you want to look into. If it's a program that does not require either, I would highly suggest looking into another program. You're just not prepared. Sitting in a classroom does not prepare you for 
what you're actually going to be faced with when you're in the school. It gives you a nice foundation and a nice background, but you're not really ready until you've had that experience face-to-face with a school with students. Yeah, it makes perfect sense to me. Yeah. Now, yeah. let's say, obviously, you know, maybe some listening have already kind of gone through this or they're getting, you know, prepared to hopefully get into the, the workforce a little bit. In terms of applying for jobs, finding the right areas, I mean, are there certain are there certain uh, groups that you look to, to help find those jobs? Is there a certain process that one would follow? What would be your suggestion there? Trying to remember. <laughs> it's been a while since I had the job search. I know we, my school had at Ball State University, we had a um, teacher fair. Okay. And while I'm not a teacher, I'm definitely consider myself an educator. So I went to the teacher fair and talked to several different school districts and interview um, with them. So anytime there's a teacher fair or a jo- an ed- education right. job fair, if you want to be a school counselor, definitely go and talk with them and find out, do they have school counselors? What do they view the role of a school counselor as being in their district or in their school? Also, there are state school counseling association websites. I'm a part of the Arizona School Counselors Association. And usually within that, you can email someone. Uh, the president's email address is typically on there and just send them, have you heard of any job openings? Because a lot of times I do get emails a lot through our um, group saying there's job openings right. here in Arizona. If you know anyone, refer them. Some state school counseling associations do post those jobs on their websites, which probably just depends on the state, but you could always find someone to email through that site. Also, your your State Department of Education might have positions posted. So there's definitely a lot of different avenues and, you know, just checking oh, around yeah. that kind of thing. No, and I, and I like, yeah, I like and, your idea of the, you know, the teacher fair or education fair. I think people tend to think, as you said, well, I'm not a teacher, so why would I go there? But obviously right, your realm is, is right. right in that wheelhouse. How about the job interview itself? Because like you talked about, Things you learn in the classroom or reading a book or whatever are completely different than what you might have done in the field and some of the experience you sure. had. So how do you how do you translate it into into the interview or any tips you could give to, to someone who's ready to, you know, sort of put themselves out there and hopefully yeah. wrap up that job? Well, a lot of times I think it depends on who's interviewing you. If it's the school principal or vice principal, sometimes they may not understand the um, complete role of what a school counselor can do for them depending on um, their past experiences with school counselors. Right. Uh, if it's a director of counseling or school counseling, obviously they're going to know a lot more about the actual role of school counseling. But just know that you're going to be interviewing with school administration no matter what. So it's important to know the lingo of schools, to understand that they operate under standards, common core standards, just knowing some of that language that's used in a school setting and how to apply it to your school counseling program. So if you go into an interview and talk about how you're going to meet the ASCA national model, the, the ASCA standards, ASCA is the American School Counseling Association. And just like teachers have standards that they run their programs on, school counselors have standards as well. So I think that's huge is letting them know this is what I can do for you, what I can do for your school community. And it's right in line with in- increasing academic achievement. Ultimately, that's a school counselor's job is to increase academic achievement in students and to help students overcome barriers so that they can increase their academic achievement. And we focus on three main areas as school counselors, their personal social development, academic development, and career development. And when we're able to help them overcome those barriers, they're able to learn more, hence helping the principal, helping the school meet their academic goals. And obviously, you you bring up those different areas and and you mentioned, um, you know, you mentioned a little earlier as well that School to school is going to be different. District to district, it's probably going to be different. But if we were going to walk through, say, a typical day for yourself or, or uh-huh. maybe what would be a sort of a typical day for a school counselor in, in just a general sense as best you can, what would that look okay. like for those listening? 
Well, it does look very different at the middle school elementary level than it does at the high school level. Um, And I work in a K-8 school, so I work with kindergarten through eighth graders. My day, typically, I, um, I have guidance lessons where I go into the classrooms and I do prevention lessons with the students. And I would say about 30 to 35% of my day is spent in a classroom teaching to students. Hmm. And then I also spend part of my time doing small group counseling. So students with common needs, maybe it's an anger management group or a social skills group or just a group of students who are having the same kind of issues. They might come into my office and, and we work together once a week. Um, in between, that's kind of the core of my program. So in between classroom guidance lessons and small groups is when I do what's called crisis management, crisis response. If students leave me a note that say they need to talk with me, it's not necessarily, I say crisis very loosely. Sure. Um, imagine a sixth grader. It's a crisis when their friends stop speaking <laughs> to them. <laughs> so that could be also considered that. It's, it's individual kind of brief counseling. Mm-hmm. I bring them in, do some conflict resolution. And I also do have the crisis that I have to respond to. I, I do all of our child abuse reports here at our campus. I The principal calls me in and tells me about issues they would like for me to speak with students on. So most of it's either in the classroom, in a small group, or working with students individually. And then also in between that, in my downtime, I'm planning for what's going to happen the next day or the next week. Right. Now that's at the elementary level. When you get to high school, now I've never officially worked in the high school level, so this is just what I've heard from my colleagues and what I know about that role. They do get out and do lessons as well, maybe not as often as at the elementary level, but they do a lot on college and career readiness, talking to students about scholarships, financial mm-hmm. aid, graduation requirements. So some counselors address that through assemblies or through in a particular classroom. They meet with students individually quite a bit to talk about their four-year plans, to find out what their plans are after high school to make sure they're on track to graduate. They're also the mental health experts in the school. So when students have crises in the high school, the high school counselors are there to respond to those needs as well. I know it's hard to, you know, you have to speak in generalities here. And, and as you said, yeah. you need to get a feel for that either, you know, through whether it's an internship or some sort of, you know, volunteer to find out, you know, that district, mm-hmm. that school specifically, sort of right. how things work. But for yourself, are there certain situations or topics that uh, maybe come up that are fun to you or interesting? I mean, not necessarily on the crisis side, although maybe something comes up that right. is amusing. Like you said, well, my friend doesn't talk to me anymore and help me out in some way. But, yeah. but I guess what sort of top of mind, what, what sort of things are interesting or fun for you? For me, I guess my passion would be working with the girls. My first couple of years, you know, I wasn't prepared for the bullying and, and the girl drama. And it, it, <laughs> Wait, girl know, drama? It I've never heard of that. I've yeah, heard of that. what is that? And so with my first couple of years, it was not just me. The principals at my school, the teachers were all just, you know, scratching our heads saying, <laughs> what do we do? How do we handle this? You can't suspend a kid for rolling her eyes at someone. But it's like turmoil in seventh grade because of all the eye rolling and the excluding and, and the sneakiness. So. I started doing some research and attending some conferences, and I, I've kind of become the I don't know, somewhat expert in our district when it comes to this. But it, working with those girls has kind of become my passion. I, I have a group at my school called Club Ophelia. It's based on a, a national club. And we talk about raising our self-esteem, our self-confidence. We talk about relational aggression, which is another word for the girl bullying, <laughs> um, how to overcome it, how to handle it, how to... Um, you know, just have confidence in yourself. And that's what it's come down to, I think, with all of my research is the, the drama. All of that happens because, you know, as girls go through middle school in that time of their life, they, for some reason, their self-esteem just drops. And when that happens, 
you know, just trouble all around. But anyway, that's become my favorite part about my job is just working with these girls and helping to boost their confidence and their self-esteem um, to be more successful in their relationships with others. I, I also love going into kindergarten. <laughs> you know, there's nothing, nothing like walking into a room of five-year-olds and being a rock star. So that's a lot of fun, too. How about any noteworthy stories that stand out? I mean, obviously, you don't have to use any names or anything, but is there anything that stood, has really stood out, like whether it be one individual situation that you just you felt really good about or you, you just, you know, just one of those days that makes you feel like this is why I, I became a yeah. counselor in the, to begin with? Well, I, ha- I have a kind of a sad story, but it, it also makes me glad that I'm a school counselor and I could be there for my students sure, in this definitely. situation. Um, we had a student start at our school and he was here in first grade and he had a kind of a, a lisp and a speech issue and it was really hard for people to understand him. And he had, uh, I just remember the very first day here, he got off on the wrong bus stop and he was in the front office and we couldn't understand. He was probably five or six mm-hmm. who he was or where he was supposed to be. But anyway, he had been at our school for um, a few years, and just the family just continued to have some struggles. Mom and dad would lose jobs. Dad was diagnosed with diabetes. He lost, you know, part of his foot. And I've constantly helped that family through um, not only family issues and referring them out for help, but also helping their students here at school to be successful. And we got news one day that his dad was in the hospital, and they had taken our, the boy at the time he was a, a third grader to the hospital to be with dad and his special education teacher and I decided to take them lunch because just down the road just mm-hmm. to check and see how the student was doing. And while we were there, unfortunately, um, the, the dad had coded and he passed away while we were there. And so mom was, you know, just overcome with grief in, in the moment, you know, and here's this eight-year-old boy here just clinging to me and clinging to his, his teacher. And so it was just, that's a moment when it's, you know, it's, a terrible, terrible moment, mm-hmm. but just knowing that I could be there for this, this child and knowing that I will be there tomorrow, I will be there next week and I will be there next month as he goes through the struggles with this. Um, so just knowing that I can have that kind of an impact on a student and, um, you know, he was young, but he, he's talked to me in the, after that, in regards to that situation and, mm-hmm. and just, acknowledge that we were there to help him through it. And um, mom was very appreciative too. So just being there for students, not just for their academics, we have to look at our kids as more than just their test scores and their grades. And there's a whole person there. And that's what a school counselor does is we meet the needs of the whole person. You know, obviously that student's not focused on his math work when he's dealing with something like that. Right. So that just reaffirms that I'm in the right place doing the right thing and making an impact on the life of a student and not just their education. Now, you know, with a story like that, as you said, obviously the the sad side of it, and then you sort of, you still have to be there. And it's more than a job at that point, obviously, for you. Oh, yeah. yeah. What What skills or personality would you say that are really essential for a position like this? Because as you mentioned, you have sort of the the technical side of things where you're worrying about, you know, prevention and and planning different things, but then you have this human element that's, that's so different. Uh, I guess, what would you point to as, you know, if you're going to this field, you have to have as a skill or personality? I would say number one is to be non-judgmental of our students, of our parents, of our families, just knowing that their story is different than your story. And just because their lives are different, doesn't mean that it's worse or that they're making bad choices, Mm -hmm. you know, just understand that it's different. And the parents come to you for help and guidance just as much as the kids do. And if you're judgmental toward them, they're obviously not going to come to you and they're not going to feel comfortable with you. 
So I, I think above all, that's number one. If, if somebody's going to confide in you and, and look for guidance from you, you need to make sure that you're non-judgmental. You know, and letting them know that you care and that you're a caring person and that you're there to to help them in any way that you can. And being honest, if you know, a lot of times I can't help in certain situations. There's nothing I can do but mm-hmm. listen and letting them know that. And that's hard because I I really want to help and I want to change it and I want to do something about it. But many times a student will come and talk to me about something that I have no control over and there's nothing I can do except listen to them. And, you know, and, and that's enough that they, they just appreciate that, having someone to talk to and, and to listen. I think those are, you know, the most human qualities that you can have. And, mm-hmm. and being a school counselor is so important to have those qualities because you're, you're working with families with lots of different struggles. With that, we are going to have to pause momentarily here on I Want to Be a School Counselor uh, with our guest, Mindy Willard, the 2013 School Counselor of the Year. If you are interested in listening to the second part of our conversation, head over to localjobnetwork.com slash radio slash list. In the upper left-hand corner search box, just type in I Want to Be a School Counselor, and part two should pop up for you. While you're waiting, though, go ahead and shoot us an email at ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com if you have any comments or suggestions for this podcast or any of those here on LJN Radio. Once again, I'm your host, Tim Muma. Take care, everybody.